0: Women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join masha Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. Uh, guten- here we are everyone. Shabbos, and of course, very proud that it's of the Shabbos Project, in the very place that the Shabbos Project was born and is nurtured, and adjusts to the times, as it were, and a big salute to Big Yasha Koyach, to Rabbi Goldstein, to the Rebetzin, for their innovative way of bringing Shabbos once again, not only to us here in Johannesburg and in South Africa, but indeed to the world. May you be blessed with success, with joy, with naches, with the ability to lead with great success for many happy, healthy years to come to Mashiach and beyond. So it's Era of the Shabbos Project. Which just makes us aware of what treasures Hashem has given us. Four weeks ago, we read the first Parsha. In the beginning, Breshit, God created heaven and earth. Six days of creation. And on the seventh day, Shabbat, Something called Resting refraining from creating and all of Torah speaks to us it speaks to us about life, our life life in the here and now life in the 21st century life today the 19th day of the month of Cheshvan. Torah is not only as pertinent as it ever was But Torah speaks personally to each one of us To us collectively And through us To the entire world Before God created the world He actually created or wrote the Torah We're told that the Torah precedes the world by 2,000 years And when he did create the world The Torah was and continues to be the architectural plan for the world, which means that anything that you find in the world, you find in Torah, not the other way around, as it were. The truth is Torah is the source, Torah is the beginning, and to understand the world, whether it's ourselves, the times we're living in, the place we're living in. Anything about our lives. We just need Torah. And as mentioned before, there's a beautiful teaching from the first Rebbe. The Alt Rebbe said, zeit." one must live with the times, which he explained means To live with the Torah reading of the week, (coughs) the world is made up of time, space, and creations, creatures. Man is called the chir hanivraim, the choice of all the creatures, and to him did Hashem give the mission to carry out the purpose of creation, and that is to make a dwelling place for Hashem himself in this world. God, the most infinite of all beings, wants to live in this world amongst us in our daily lives. And it is to man that God entrusted that desire. The purpose of creation, that we partner with him and in living in a particular way, not stopping to live, still eating and sleeping, marrying, doing business, having children, interacting, planting, harvesting, creating, as it were, using the raw material that he has given us. We bring God's innermost desire into clear being. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker, delighted to be here today, especially as it's Erev the Shabbos project, which basically means a heightened awareness of the incredible gift that Hashem has given us, which helps us to refocus To regain our balance, our perspective on why we're here in the world, a chance to focus on family, on self, a chance to stop, reflect, fill up, and come out after Shabbos renewed, empowered to go into the next six days in a different frame of mind. God forbid if we keep on going and going and going, as we've seen in the heavy lockdown days, we lose track of time. What? It's Tuesday again? What? What's happened to the week? Whereas in the Jewish way, all the days of the week go towards Shabbos. All the days of the week are blessed by Shabbos. And Shabbos also blesses the days of the new week. It's a win-win situation. And the Chief Rabbi and his Rebison have highlighted it for us, year after year, in the most creative way. Thank you. And we go to look at the Parsha for inspiration. Let's live with the times, as it were. So God creates the world. He desires a dwelling place where people can't see him, where people are distracted by their own weaknesses, by their own human desires, limited goals. But he's there, he is holy. What does it mean to be holy? The word holy means separate, but it also means kind, giving. How did God create the world? With kindness. How does he keep running his world? With kindness. Giving. Never stopping to give. Not judging as it were. Morning, noon and night. We are the recipients. The beneficiaries of this incredible, incredible generosity. He's modeling that for us. Just as he is kind We must be kind. Just as he constantly forgives, is compassionate, is generous, that's what he expects of us. Despite the fact that we are human, we are limited, and we don't have the perspective, he expects it of us. Because he wants a holy dwelling, but in the world. And the word world either means hidden. He wants to live in this physical world amongst us. And it has to happen through us. Yes, he's there all the way encouraging us. He wants heaven and earth to coexist. In other words, a regular daily life. Man and wife. Father and child. Earning a living. Taking care of self community, you name it. We, he made us. We have to eat a few times a day to keep body and soul together. He made us run out of steam if we don't eat, if we don't sleep. There's so much we need to do on the physical side. There's always a challenge to balance. The most beautiful example that we have is in this week's Parsha we've got the first Jewish home and in that home God comes to visit Abraham because it's a place of holiness where he can feel comfortable God comes with his kedusha, holiness giving a lack of ego God comes where we are thinking of the other as he does. God wants to be part of our normal life. But a life imbued with God consciousness, with holiness. And in this week's parasha, he comes to the home of Abraham and Sarah. The home, the center of Jewish life. You might have thought that the shul is a center of Jewish life. But no. The home is the center of Jewish life. You're listening to Conversations with Meshi only on 101.9 High FM. So we're being told to emulate God. Just as he's kind, we should be kind. Just as he is merciful, we should be merciful. But we find that practically that's not so simple. After all, we are created by God to kind of be selfish to kind of want to look out for number one. And the question is, how? How do we bring heaven and earth together? If God wants us to be like this, and at the same time, he wants us to remake ourselves, break out of our nature, as it were, how do we do it? So that very question isn't a new one. And there was this prolific lecturer on Hasidus, which means on deep Chabad Torah, mystical philosophy. And he came to the Rebbe, and he wanted to discuss this very problem. He was struggling. And what was the struggle? You know, on the one hand, we have to be true to ourselves. We stand in the presence of God. He knows what we feel. He knows what we think. Who are we fooling? And this is coupled with trying to bring a God-consciousness and awareness of God into everything that we do, and also to reach out to others and to share with them. As we said before, the Torah is actually the blueprint for the world, and the basic mitzvah, as it were, is the mitzvah of loving another as you love yourself. And this lecturer, this deep thinker, came to the Rebbe and said, Rebbe, I don't know if I have enough love for the other to be doing what I do. Ahavat Yisrael, loving the other. He says, you know, teaching sometimes makes me feel superior to my audiences, And I feel that my ego has become inflated as a result of my lectures. And then he said, Maybe others are better suited for this type of work. And the Rebbe's answer speaks to all of us. He said, Do not hesitate because of these feelings. He said, When it comes to doing good, action is what is most important. This is called the world of action. And we need to know where to put our emphasis. We need to remember that God created us the way we are. And we're going to have conflict. For we have a godly soul and we also have a human soul or an animalistic soul. And what becomes important is God put us into a world where godliness is not so easy to find. But the basic rule is, this is called Olam Ha'asiyah, the world of action. The Altarev, the first rebbe of Chabad, said to a disciple, he said, though your donation may lack sincerity, like when you give tzedakah, you're not giving it with this great, benevolent, generous feeling, but you give. Though your donation may lack sincerity, I can assure you, the poor man eats with sincerity. In other words, what is the goal of doing in this world? Is it to satisfy myself? I'm so great. Or is it to make sure that the action gets done? Mostly, we're small people. We don't feel like doing all of this, emulate God, just as he's generous, just as he's compassionate. The bottom line is just do it. Just do it. Action is so powerful, and it is through action, that we do create a dwelling place for God in this world. And when God came to give the Torah to the Jewish people, as we said initially, it was the mission of mankind. But mankind, after many generations, kept on going back to being selfish. And so, God found a family. And that family, we meet them, we've met them at the end of Noach, Abraham, Sarah. We lived with them last week, and we're living with them this week. They were the ones who lived in the world, but at the same time, above the world, as it were. In other words, connected to the source of this world, to the purpose of this world. When God came to give his precious Torah, at Sinai, he spoke to the women first. And the reason for that is because... The women are the ones who actually influence the world the most. The children in the home, they get from the mother what she loves, what she appreciates, what she considers important. Her biases become theirs. Her predispositions to things influence and affect them so deeply and so greatly For the rest of their lives. And Hashem knew that if the women would accept the Torah, love the Torah, value the Torah, they would pass that on unadulterated to the next generation. And they, the children would pass it on to the next generation because love, what you love, actually actually motivates tremendously. We do get sidetracked. But that's why it's important to come back constantly to who we are. And what reminds us of who we are? The three big mitzvahs, the three foundation mitzvahs that are entrusted into the hands of the woman, not only does she love Torah but she sets up a home which is described, the home is described as a mikdash ma'at a miniature sanctuary that the temple in Jerusalem ultimately was modeled on Sarah's home and our homes are modeled on Sarah's home and how was her home a mini sanctuary <coughs> number one the three mitzvahs that are entrusted into the hand of the woman existed there with incredible, incredible clarity. It says that there was constantly God's presence in the home in the form of a cloud that was over her tent. In her tent, there was a blessing found in the dough, in the food, And the candle that she lit on Erev Shabbos remained lit throughout the week. Until the next Friday afternoon, when she would have to relight it, it went out so she could relight it. How do these three things show God's presence in the world? And how are they brought about through unity? If God's wish is for heaven and earth to coexist... And that should be done through partnering with a human being. How do these three mitzvahs bring about unity? And we see it clearly in what these three mitzvahs exemplify. First of all, God's presence. How does God's presence come into a Jewish home? What brings the Shekhinah, the indwelling, the holiness, the light of God into the home? It's when there's a good relationship between the husband and wife. Where there is peace, God comes to dwell. Where there is love, not love of self, as it were. That's only a springboard. But when there is the ability to put oneself aside for the other, when there is coexistence, when there is unity, the word shalom is bringing opposites together, man and woman. I want, you want. I don't feel like, you feel like. And to bring a whole, a unit of two opposites, that's real shalom. Sholom is not when you live in peace with those who are like you. It's when you live in peace with those who are not like you physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And what is the ingredients? The ingredient? The ingredient is chesed, love, kindness, seeing the other. I always repeat how before we got married, I asked the Rebbe for a blessing. That was my part. That was my concern, that we have a warm home. And he gave us the most incredible answer, which we're still unpacking to this day. And he said, in what you write about having a warm home, see to make it warm for the other. And it will inevitably be warm for you. It's really about see to make it warm for the other. It's not going to be easy, but in order to see to make it warm for the other, you have to see the other. And that's one of the hardest things for a human being. We see ourselves. we nurture ourselves. We make excuses for ourselves. But what about and you shall love your fellow as yourself? Not to judge to make excuses for the other. To see what the other wants and deeper than that, to see what the other needs and to cleverly use all of our energy to be able to help the other in every way, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. It's an incredible dance, but Hashem knows that the woman can do it. When there is a warm relationship, when there's an understanding relationship between husband and wife, then the Shechina, God's presence, comes to dwell. Abraham and Sarah. But the Shechina was on her tent. Because, yes, the woman builds the home. With the wisdom of women, she builds her home, says King Solomon. Lots to do with ingenuity, with bina, with understanding, with sensitivity. Secondly, there was a blessing in the food and the dough. Now, how do you make dough? Dough, a kernel of wheat, which is quite independent and quite complete, has to be crushed. And then to remove the chaff. And you're left with white particles. When it was a kernel, it was united. When you break it down and you begin to take what isn't good, what can't be digested, you're left with lots of particles. And ultimately, through adding water, you create a mass, one unit. Of course, there's so much to talk about in this metaphor, as it were. And the Rebbe speaks about it at length. But one thought is that when we just have self, that's the kernel. Nothing wrong. But it's not something that can be digested, that can nurture. In order to be of benefit, it needs to be crushed. Our negative habits, our negative tendencies have to be removed and then we're left with all these particles which are still not united but when we add water, when we add the wisdom of Torah, when we add humility we can create the dough, the mass and of course the fact that food can nurture the body in order For body and soul to stay together is a miracle. Part of God's nature, natural, but a miracle. And we thank God for giving us the bread. We thank God for giving us the lesson. Sarah's tent not only had the tchina because she had this unity with Abraham, But it had a blessing in the dough, that her dough wasn't just ordinary food, it was godly food. Like her relationship wasn't just for you and me, it was a godly relationship. Why did God bring us together? What is our personal, what is our collective goal? Why am I eating food? What energy do I derive from the food and what do I do with that energy to bring godliness into the world and of course the incredible miracle that the candles that she lit one Erev Shabbos remained lit throughout the week what is the candle? the candle is insight, illumination the candle is to understand that things physical are really spiritual that things that seem to be there are actually being created by God at every moment. When you stepped into her tent, you felt God's presence. There was no dichotomy between heaven and earth. You understood that the food is godly. You understood and you were nurtured by the food that you ate and took in, by the light that was around you or the insight, and by the feeling of Incredible protection that God's presence brings. <clears throat> of course, each one of these three also is something that we do in our daily life. That we learn from Sarah. That our, is part of Torah. That empowers us to be the woman that God intended us to be in every sense of the word. And that cloud signifies the waters of mikveh, which sanctify a relationship. Immersion in the mikveh for a married woman, no matter what her age, brings holiness, blessing to her relationship. Bringing God in as a third partner, as it were. And when we make that dough, that challah, which symbolizes all the food, and it's proper, it's kosher, and we eat it, inside of us it brings blessing, much as those who ate from Sarah's food remain satisfied for a long time. It's an incredible thing because we know that there's something called emotional eating, Because we're not full in our hearts, in our souls. We're lacking something and we just eat. Sorrow's food, which had blessing in the dough, brought people a different kind of awareness, a different kind of satisfaction. They were satiated for a long time. And finally, the candle that she lit. The soul of man, is God's candle. She was able to illuminate each individual that came into her environment, into her home, with the particular light of their soul. And that is why she had the name that was given to her at the end of last week's parsha, Sarah, princess, she who rules, she who is able to give to all kinds of people. Whereas previously her name was Sarai, my princess. Avraham also previously called Avram, the father of Aram. And here, or a great father here became Avraham on Goyim. Also, his name was changed. He was now a father to a multitude of nations. And when we come back from this break, let's talk about mother and father. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Meshi only on 101.9 High FM. Here we are. And we're talking about the first Jewish home. And what signified that first Jewish home, what classically identified it, was the cloud, God's presence, was the blessing in the dough, that in the very physical, there was a a spiritual manifestation which gave energy, which the people could clearly identify as benefiting them more than physically, and of course that illumination. And indeed, every Jewish home is modeled on the home of our matriarch, Sarah. But the holy temple was was modeled because like the candle, there was a menorah in the temple. And like the challah, like the dough, there were the special breads in the temple and God's presence. Of course, there was water, and that was in something called the uh, Kior the wash basin, but Sarah came first, the woman came first, and from that home, we come out to the world, equipped with that mother love, with that father conviction, with that mother in our heads and in our hearts, with that father behind us, reminding us constantly, of what is important, and that we are important in getting it done. The home is the center. Of course, the shul is important, but the shul is a reminder. Go home and get to work. It's action in the home, between people. It's action on a daily basis, minute by minute. As we said, the world was created There is time. There is space. And then people. And it is. A beautiful interaction of the three. That we see in the home. And especially on Shabbos. Where we kind of. Come back to. The holiness in the food. The holiness in the relationship. And the holiness. In the people. And from the mikveh experience holy children emerge who are given a predisposition, a sensitivity to kindness to holiness to spirituality the khala, the kosher food that it symbolizes gives us holy energy, energy that sensitizes the body to things spiritual what a gift and of course, the candle symbolizes a holy environment, an environment of peace, of joy, and everything speaks of unity. Body and soul, heart and mind, heaven and earth. It all speaks of balance. Any extreme is not condoned. Constantly trying to walk the golden path in the middle. So, how do we get this done? Yes, there's something called Just Do It. And we'll begin with a story that we did tell before. A powerful lesson in Chesed. Let's talk about a lesson in love. So here we go. It was a Chabad Shaliach emissary who was stationed in a particularly challenging location. He came to see the Rebbe. And he described how most of his energies are used up with the difficulties he's encountering. And the Rebbe gently asked him, and how is your relationship with your wife? And then the Rebbe asked him with an unusual request, he asked him to write, out the dynamics of his marriage and how it's holding up under the stresses of being on Schlichult on a mission in a faraway city. So the Rebbe asked, the Chassid sat down and he wrote this out, and at the end, and this letter was full of his wife's many myelas for virtues. So he wrote in a kind of apology. Maybe I shouldn't have been so profuse in describing my wife's qualities. (laughs) The answer from the Rebbe speaks to all of us. The Rebbe crossed out the word not, like not have been so profuse, underlined the word should, and now the sentence read, I should have been so profuse in describing my wife's qualities. The more we dwell on the qualities of our spouses, the stronger our love becomes. The more we dwell with positivity on the quality of our children, their qualities, raising them with chesed, focused love. There is a place for discipline, but discipline laced with love. Always speak about the sandwich. Begin with something wonderful. Slip in. The correction needed. End with something wonderful. It will be received. Yes, the more we dwell on the positive, the more our love grows and the more we're modeling what we want to see back. <clears throat> Let's remember that the Rebbe himself modeled this for us. We heard it from the Rebbe's cardiologist, Dr. Ira Weiss of Chicago, who treated both the Rebbe and the Rebbitson. And he had a close relationship with them. And the Rebbe once shared this with his physician. The time I devote to have tea with my wife every day is as important to me as the obligation to put on to fill in every day. It's not about two worlds. It's about bringing them together. Love and faith go hand in hand. The mitzvahs, you can't say this is a big mitzvah, that's a small mitzvah. Remember that story of a wealthy man who had the honor of hosting a great rabbi for Shabbos? And obviously there was big pressure in the home, and to have the right foods, and the table set, and everything clean, and everything beautiful. And when he came in from shul with his guests, he looked around, and then he noticed the challahs were on the table, but the challah cover was not there. They weren't covered, and the challahs need to be covered. Because normally we eat bread first We honor the bread And on Shabbos We make Kiddush first We honor the wine And he began to shout And he was a bit Abusive perhaps Rough Asking his wife to, to find the Great guest What are we doing And of course she was Embarrassed and upset And so was everyone else this great rabbi turned around to the host and he said, do you know why we cover the chalas? The man said, yeah, the shouldn't be embarrassed. He said, if we take that trouble, not to shame chalas that don't have feelings, how much more so should we take the trouble not to embarrass another person, certainly someone close to us like a wife. The man got the message. We've got to balance out. It's not just between me and God, me and God, me and God. As the Rebbe explained, what's more important, love of man or love of God? He said love of man. Because when you love the one that the beloved loves, that's true love. We've got to get away from all of this business of me, what's good for me. What makes me feel good? In fact, very often it's couched in this, um, religious fervor. And that's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm shouting because I want it to be, um, of a higher standard. It's never an excuse for raising your voice for roughness in anger. God forbid. In fact, that story of a chosun, a man who was going to get married came in to see the Rebbe and he asked him whether or not he should follow a custom that under the chuppah after the glass is broken, I think the groom gently steps on the foot of the bride quotes, in order that his voice should be heard in the home. The Rebbe advised him against following the custom. Instead, he said, a husband should show his wife so much love that there's never an issue of his voice not being heard. In other words, where there's love, there's respect. But what is love? We need love to be focused, to remember that we need to love The body, the soul, the mind, and the heart. And sometimes, yes, it comes along with discipline. But in a voice that is heard. The voice of respect. When we speak with respect, we can always be heard. People listen when we show them that respect. And it's an incredible, incredible privilege that this Shabbos, We have a chance to practice all of this, to bring holiness into the home, to make God comfortable in the home, to make our family comfortable in the home, to remember tefillin and tea are equally important, and just to remember the following. Also, that time when somebody asked the Rebbe, should he Step on his bride's foot under the chuppah um, in order to in order for his voice to be heard. Let's remember, it's caring about the other in action that will make our voice heard. It's an incredible thing. We have the tools because we have the Torah. It's a Torah of light, it's a Torah of life, and it's been given to us as a gift. And when Shabbos comes, it's a chance to focus on Torah, on family, on prayer, connecting to God, connecting to each other, and connecting to ourselves and our purpose in existence. Good Shabbos.